Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Trade Talks. I go about as Medici FX, and today we've got a trader from London. Her name is Michaela. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the invitation. And uh, really happy to have you here. And I really want to discuss about your journey and what you do in the financial world. So I'm really excited to hear you out. So jumping into the first question is how did you actually get into this world and what studies did you follow to end up where you are right now? Okay, yeah, well, let's start with where I am right now. At the moment in times, I'm a head of operations and business development for one of the top 10 crypto exchanges in the world. I lead all the European um, and American region of operations. Um, right now, I'm, as you can see, in, in the institutional side of trading, right? Um, but for two years, I was also in the retail side. So I made quite a transition from institutional, then to retail, and then back to institutional again. And I think that I have a pretty good understanding of how can you, um, let's say, cross from one side of the street to the other side of the street. Uh, to be able to land into uh, an institutional job, it took me a lot of good networking and a lot of years of knowledge in the sense of I am where I am today because I have joined the dots in the in the trading industry. And and I think that I have because I have been part of both of the institutional side and the retail trading side with AstroForex, um, I have been able to understand better how both worlds interact and trust me are two different like two different poles um at this moment again because i'm in the liquidity side of seeing things i'm the one providing the liquidity i'm the one providing this infrastructure for all the the rest of the businesses um it's quite interesting to see how they earn like how big institutions um, are able to sustain the revenue model um, based on all those small trading companies. Um, and But we can speak about this uh, further in the interview. But yeah, that's, that's basically where I am. Um, in the past, I have been working with several brands. I have worked with Citibank. Um, I have worked with AstroForex. I have worked with a venture capital firm called Seedstars. And currently, um, again, as a consulting for crypto exchanges. So what else would you like to know? <laughs> Okay, that's interesting. So you basically cover FX and crypto, as I understand? Yeah, I cover both. Okay, right. And would you say that it's normal, like, would it be possible for normal people to make that switch from retail to institutional like you have done? Or is that something that for very few is possible? Um, it is possible, but requires a lot of change of mindset. And I'm going to be very, very straightforward here. The majority of the traders I have known stay in a very Instagram box, in an Instagram type of mentality in which they think that whatever they see on Instagram, that's what the financial world is. That's a completely lie. The financial world is so much bigger than what they see in Instagram. In Instagram, they see retail trading companies and they think that that's trading. No, that's 1% of the whole trading world. My whole philosophy right now is to make people understand that the finance world is huge from type of market to, to type of departments inside of investment bank is huge. So how can a trader start doing this transition? The first thing that they need to realize is that technical analysis and fundamental analysis is literally 10% of the whole game. Mm -hmm. okay. Tim, why am I saying this? Because 
when you want to apply for investment banking, they don't even ask you for any for a an technical analysis question or a fundamental analysis question. They already they already think that you know that. So it's it's very explicit. They don't ask you questions about technical analysis. They don't ask you in an interview if you can draw a trend line because they 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 assume that you know it. You, they they assume that you have that knowledge. So people in the Instagram world, they think, oh yeah, institute, try the technical analysis and fundamental analysis, everything. No, that's only 10% of the knowledge you should have. And I think that for people to do that bridge to people to land into institutional jobs, they need to go further. They need to to go and, and, and read books on corporate finance, to read books on quantitative analysis. And, and I can keep um, extending the list, but those are just a few topics that they need to learn about. Okay, wow, that's really interesting. It's a different take than I've heard previously elsewhere. And what other things would you incorporate into those 90% then? Again, all about macroeconomics, quantitative analysis, um, uh, fine, uh, corporate finance, mm-hmm. um, fintech. People should know about fintech. People should know as well about how liquidity works in the ecosystem, which is basically where brokerage operations. People should know how to calculate um, trading spreads, commissions, and uh, liquidity and understand liquidity providers quite well. Mm-hmm. That's that's part of the knowledge. And honestly, that's difficult. That's not easy. Mm-hmm. That's not easy at all to understand the fintech ecosystem, to understand the brokerage liquidity system, to understand how banks operate for the more than just price action. That's where the real deal is. That's where the real knowledge is, because that's what, again, is going to make you land into a, a corporate job. Right now, for instance, you cannot apply into a corporate job if you don't know how to manage data. And I'm not speaking about data, about charts. I'm speaking about, do you know how to use Python to to draft, to to transform trading data and trading trade uh, tables full of data into information you can read can you do that can traders nowadays can use coding skills to transform the the information that they download from their trading book and transform it into digestible data that they can use to improve their systems can they do that because this is essential Mm -hmm. that's really interesting and let's make a connection here to crypto how do you see the difference between TradFi, so traditional finance, CFI and DeFi then? Well, CFI and DeFi is, is, is part of the trading world. What the, why, why? Well, if you ask me for the financial, for the financial world, that's another ecosystem. So you have two now, right? Mm-hmm. You have traditional finance, which are working with uh, traditional instruments like bonds, stocks, um, pro- again, private equity, fixed income um commodities etc that's one side of the world and now you have cfi which is basically the 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 antonym of um of institutional and and you can and they represent companies like finance uh coinbase kraken yeah okay cfi is more like again we can, can jump into this topic later but defi is all the opposite of those two defi is the structure of those two but completely without order behind or completely without like a, a regulated system behind. Um, yeah, I think that, look, any person that is able to make it into the institutional world and has the knowledge to jump into the institutional world, they can also jump to C4. Okay. Okay. That's, uh, yeah, loud and clear. And you touched upon regulation and unregulated space. Do How do you think regulations would impact uh, DeFi and that whole 
kind of ecosystem if they do implement regulation? Well, that's that's quite interesting because I see the good side and the bad side. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put two examples. The, the, the good side, for instance, is that if the cryptocurrency ecosystem is regulated fully, then they can avoid the losses that many traders went through this last week with Luna. So I don't know if you realize, but big exchanges like Binance and Huobi, they as soon as the as soon as the market started to become a bloodbath, they uh, implement system to protect the traders and to not make them lost so much and they made all the luna pairs stop trading otherwise people have lost their whole accounts so that's just one example about how institutions somehow work and need to intervene otherwise people will lose the whole account the whole the whole their whole liquidity um i do think the regulation is needed not in that stream like what is happening with russia that russian people cannot even touch crypto exchanges now Mm -hmm. but yes if we see it from the side of luna in which crypto changes are necessary to avoid people to be to to avoid people to get affected by those but hackers who are affecting liquidity pools and who again who are making this uh profit in the wrong way in this space so yeah those were just two examples i do think that the crypto space must be regulated but until that point otherwise the whole essentialism of crypto being decentralized is going to be gone so i do believe regulation is needed but until that point Right. And how do you think uh, new businesses and new projects that are uh, getting on board onto crypto will be affected by the regulations? Do you think that will affect them in some regards or not? Um, it depends. Again, will you say from the payment side, from the taxes part, how do, in which way? Um, I would say in the way that if they're trying to bring out a product, um, will they be limited to what kind of product they bring out due to regulations and maybe not make as much profit as they can, uh, for example, how it was in this bull run? No, no, absolutely not. I think, you know what? I think all the opposite. Right now I work, like I represent crypto exchanges. So I do think that, I do think that institutions by being regulated um, are able to provide even more financial products mm-hmm. to traders. It's impressive how much, how many different products they can now provide to traders. Because again, without regulation, they cannot provide those products. Now, you, what if I told you right now that you could be, build your whole, your own um, trading terminal, for instance, based on the technology and infrastructure of Huobi or again any of the exchanges in the world? Now you can do that just because Huobi is regulated. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to do that. So I think that regulation is allowing exchanges to provide a whole range of services for micro companies around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. That's uh, really interesting you say that. And then what are some factors to keep in mind for business owners or project startups for successful expansion in the crypto space right now? Um, could you repeat the question, please? Yeah, for sure. For project starters and for business owners that are getting into the crypto space, what are some factors to keep in mind to ensure successful expansion? Okay, well, first, to know all the all the products are, are technically available out there, mm-hmm. to know how the liquidity works, to know who are the liquidity providers, who knows, who to know specifically what products, what infrastructures are available for them. What if I told you that right now, business owners, can, only, can integrate certain APIs, which are um, 
programming interfaces and allow you to connect easily to the 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 dashboard of again of Warrior Binance. What if I told you that? So so when you know what's when a when a business owner knows what are the infrastructures that are available there and then they are free, that will guarantee expansion. Is is more is very similar that when you have, for instance, let's say you want to build a real estate business. The first thing you do is understand which are all the type of mortgages in provided by by banks, right? Provided by Lloyd's, by Barclays, by 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 HPSC, you 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 need to know all those um, products, financial products available for you be, before you actually launch your own real estate business and you get into mortgages. So it's the same for for, for um, entrepreneurs that want to launch business in the crystal space. First, get to know all the products available. Second, go with the one that provides the best uh, rebates, the the best liquidity in the market, and and thirdly, the ones that are are doing things freely for you because one characteristic or feature that has the crypto space is that almost all the top 10 crypto exchanges are providing services for free. They're not charging that. They just want you to connect with them and connect with their liquidity, with their technology. And people are charging millions when the information is actually free, when the API documentation is actually free out there. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Interesting. And then how do small products, for example, gain the global presence using those kind of features? Well, again, they let's start with their websites. They can um, convert their simple website in a very complex website full of dashboards mm -hmm. with a price, full of dashboards with um, the the amount of liquidations. Mm -hmm. full, like again, is 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 making business needs to make the user experience the mo the as much complete as possible right so um yeah i can link that to my previous answer yeah yeah so yeah the smoothness of the experience for the customer to feel fully within the product and enjoy using it then you would say exactly one thing i was in miami this weekend and i was telling the attendees like business owners are staying behind in the fx world because Come on, you go to uh, to any retail trading company right now and you go to their website and all they do is to sell the product. So you wouldn't be using the website if it wasn't because you have to sell to buy the product or you wouldn't be using the website if that platform is not the platform where you have to see the online course, right? right. My point exactly is people in the crypto space are moving in a million directions. They are not just staying with a course or again, mentoring. No, 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 no. Their websites are insane. If you go ahead and check um, different crypto websites of people that are providing different crypto services their website itself is a whole experience yeah. so people want to stay in that website because it provides so much value it's not about education in, anymore it's about literally a whole trading experience yeah fully agree i mean also in the nft world the websites that are made for those kind of projects are also out of this world where it kind of sucks the user in to uh, fully engage with everything that's going on so i totally agree on that Exactly, exactly. And um, to touch upon the topic of NFTs, what do you think of them? Do you think they're here to stay? Do you think that was a hype? Or what relevance do you think they're going to have in the development in, of the cryptocurrency in the coming two, three, four years? Okay, so I think first of all, the NFTs will survive, but only 10% of them will survive. When I say 10%, it's because I think that all the rest of them will will 
um, stay without value. Only the NFTs that provide utility, mm -hmm. only those NFTs that provide utility will remain active um, because the rest, they're just the price is just going gonna go to zero. I actually have a, um, a framework that can help people to see whether um, a project has value or not. For okay. NFTs, for example, I'm gonna say just a few points. If you want to know which products again are going to survive, they need to you need to start on, to start to understand what it's a utility framework, and you study things like okay, so is the is the company providing exclusive experiences online and offline? Does the NFT is giving you priority access to anything, maybe to pre-sales, white sales? Um, is the NFT cross-platform interoperable? Like, is, is there inter interoperability inside the system? Um, for instance, is, if it's an NFT um, type, if it's a gaming type of NFT, does they, does they give uh, airdrops? Um, does, is there any revenue share from contests inside the game? Um, then again, does the NFT give you any staking rewards? Okay, any, any APR? They, does the NFT gives you any voting pri voting privilege or access to any community in general? Those are the things that, you, that people need to start saying. If an NFT that you're getting does not have utility, that NFT is going to value nothing in a few years. Okay, only the NFT with utility will survive, and that's my perspective on the matter. Okay, that's really interesting. But what about NFTs that um, are made by huge corporations like Adidas or McLaren, and maybe they don't have a utility now and they say they would have one but for now it is just because the name is so big they would have like a virtual piece of clothing or you have a virtual mclaren like what are your take on those kind of nfts well the thing is that again those those companies have the power right mm -hmm. but i wouldn't say that it's not they don't have a utility in the sense of maybe they don't but they're being used in web web 3.0 they're being used in the central land they're being used in sandbox yeah. so they yeah. somehow for instance Adidas has their own um, store in the Central Land or in, in Sandbox, I'm not sure, but they do have their own store in Nike as well. So they are moving to Web 3.0 very fast. And even though it doesn't have a, a very strong utility, they're starting to create it. And because they're big brands, probably they can do whatever they want, to be honest. Oh, yeah. You know, but yeah, you need to go that way. Only get, yeah, you can get an NFT of Coca-Cola because it's such a big company that you know there will be value there anyway yeah exactly yeah. like they're here to stay and the companies won't go it makes sense uh, exactly exactly and this also then leads to like the metaverse talks how do you think that's going to develop or what do you think about that whole kind of hype we had that uh, small bull run of all the vr coins and gaming coins in september november and you know that was pretty hyped how do you think that's going to develop do you think people are going to transition to virtual land Will that be more popular in the coming years? What's your take it's just gonna be it's gonna go hand in hand. We're gonna do both in the same in the same way. Mm -hmm. So people will start inventing will start investing in in the metaverse as much as they're investing in smart contracts or in um, in DeFi. Okay, it's sectors. We need to see the the whole crypto industry as verticals, as sectors similar to the stock to stock market. In the stock market, you have energy, you have technology. 
uh, you have communications. The same is in the crypto industry. It's divided by verticals. I do think that right now the prices of um, of the metaverse uh, projects are very cheap. In fact, in this last sell-off, what I did was to put all my savings or majoring my savings also in metaverse because I realized, wow, can you? Let's be honest. Like sandbox, um, sandbox and mana, they are going to be the platforms where where big brands are going to jump there and promote their products as you said coca-cola adidas etc mm -hmm. and right now they're worth 1.32 1.20 I'm, I'm checking the charts right now charts right now mm -hmm. so that, um my point exactly is can you imagine if again we we invested in facebook 20 years ago we will be millionaires that's not the same point i wanted to make here you have the opportunity here to jump into into platforms that is going to be as big as uh, facebook in 20 years so that's why every every small piece of saving that i have every month i do put it in mana and sandbox or again in metaverse projects in general because it's so cheap that again this is the opportunity to jump in the sector right so then in essence you're saying that we're still very very early into this game very early very early i have met i've met um the ceos of uh, both sandbox and the central mm -hmm. and Honestly, the pace in which they are growing, the partnerships they are making are nonstop. All the big brands are going to jump into those two platforms. And this just makes me think that the price is down just because of BTC. So the price is down because of the meltdown. That, that doesn't mean that that's the real value. You know, that doesn't mean that's the 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 the, the real price. So yeah. the price right now is being, again, uh, affected by the meltdown. But it doesn't mean that 1.32 and 1.20, which is the, the price of man and sand right now, is the price of their actual value. You exactly. get my point? I totally get it. And I think also maybe the market has to go through some type of meltdown or a reset for more liquidity to come in for it to further kind of develop and pump. Because, yep. you know, we work in cycles and right now, you know, we do need some type of reset after the huge boom we've had last year. Exactly. So, yeah. So like you said, sure, the price is low, but the utility and the partnerships, they're still doing all the background work. And then later when it all catches up, it will absolutely go up. Exactly. Um, and then going back to like projects and uh, venture capitals and VCs, what do you think are venture capitals or VCs looking for in crypto projects to invest? Oh, it's a very good question. Um, I would say uniqueness, you know, because they don't want to see exchanges anymore. They don't want to see trading terminals. They want to see more. I, I think that they're jumping more on DeFi projects. Mm -hmm. So as, as many new vendors on DeFi as possible, because that's where people are going to go, ideally, to substitute banks. I have been having a few conversations with VCs in London, and it's impressive that they don't want to jump on a new layer two or layer one type of platform, because there are a lot of them already. You have uh, Polygon, you have Solana. So they don't want to jump on more projects of the same. They just want to jump on projects that somehow it will tackle the necessity of the people in the future. Are there are already projects that are tackling the, the blockchain trilemma, uh, scalability, security, etc. But they now want to jump into projects that they are not going to solve blockchain dilemmas. They're going to solve people's lives with crypto. They're jumping in those type of projects. Okay, that's interesting. Do you by any chance have an example of one? Um, well, again, um, VCs now want to fund anything that is giving people more access to crypto. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, I do have, have signed confidentiality agreements with a lot of projects, but yeah. 
Um, let me start, let me see if I can put an example which doesn't um, provide any confidential information. Maybe again, JP Morgan trying to um, fund a project and um, one small tech company that wants to build a stable coin for JP Morgan just because they want their clients to start using a JP Morgan. Uh, coin, a stable coin. So that's an example of where uh, um, VCs want to jump. They want to jump on small projects that are going to make the life of customers easier. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. If there is a company right now which is tokenizing assets around London for people to have more as- uh, access to those uh, to those uh, elements, they're going to jump on that because they know that one they want is access to. They want is massive adoption and as much as possible. Nexo is a good example. Nexo was a platform that, do you know Nexo? No, I don't actually. Well, Nexo is a platform where you can put your money, leave your money as as it were a bank mm-hmm. and it earns interest per mm-hmm. month. Seven, I think it was like 15, 15 uh, to 14%, depending on the coin per month. Mm-hmm. And but they don't do anything. They don't risk your. They don't risk your money. Is they just give you passive in- income. And Nexo is becoming a, a millionaire company during every single convention center uh, convention that I go, because again, is being like a substitute of banks right now, and it's not as as volatile as um, it's not as volatile as uh, liquidity pools, for instance, that you have in permanent locks. So VCs are jumping on those type of platforms. The platforms are very simple to use for civilians, very simple, but at the same time are giving you a very good like utility uh, and safety. That's key for VCs. Okay, that's uh, that's immaculate to hear because uh, that's also new to me. And I hope for people out there to also understand this kind of concept or for crypto owners, like project owners. And one last question before we go is, uh, you've touched upon a lot, but what are the key reasons a crypto project doesn't fully reach its funding, aside from that it's not maybe unique or solve a problem, like a people's problem? Um, well, for the lack the lack of presence, the lack of marketing, I have, can see it myself. Sometimes they have an, a very intelligent technical team, a yeah. very good technical team and a very good product, but they don't understand that crypto is also about communities, so they don't create communities. Mm-hmm. So they don't present the, the, the product in the right way. So I do think that sometimes that could be the that could be the main gap. Also, um, people sometimes uh, crypto projects don't reach the last round of financing because they haven't done due diligence in which regulation which regulation they need to follow. No one is already opening an account a crypto project in the US anymore due to the restrictions they have. Yeah. So why, when they reach the, the last round of financing and they say, oh, where are you based? Well, I'm based in Italy. And they know that there are a lot of crypto restrictions in Italy. Mm-hmm. Then they step back. So that's one point. Regulation, they need to research well the regulation. The second one will be the way in which the product is presented again. Um, they need to create a community. They need to create all the all the, the outside part of a car, let's say. They have the internal part of the car, which is the engine, but they don't don't take care of the, of the rest. And and thirdly, the right connections. And with this, I will conclude, like networking is so important. If you want to reach the last round of financing and you want to give the VCs security that your product will sustain, the first thing you should have done is go to approach the departments of several exchanges 
and see if exchanges are willing to integrate with you as well, or if exchanges are interested to integrate something with your product, or if exchanges want to list the token of your own platform. If exchanges don't want to do that, that's already a red flag. And when you go to VCs and they say, oh, well, have you done any important connections with exchanges, anything that you want, that, that any, any potential company where you want to be listed at, and developers are like, oh, no, then this is what, what they do is to close the doors because you, they do have to do proper networking. If you want to reach a to launch a token, the first thing you need to do is to speak with the listing teams of every crypto exchange. Right. And and if you haven't done that, when you apply to VCs, you're gonna be you're gonna be taken out of the of the of the application process. Yeah. Because again, you haven't done due diligence. Exactly. So it's uh, making the right noise in the right places to actually get noticed, no matter how good your product actually is. Exactly. Okay. I really appreciate you giving all these pointers and uh, discussing these topics that I had. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. Really appreciate that. No, no. Anything you need, honestly, anything that um, that uh, you guys would like to know about how changes work and the technology that we provide, I'm more than happy to answer questions in the future podcast or simply you can contact me directly on Instagram. I'm happy to answer there as well. All right. We'll definitely do that. So thank you once again for coming on. And then uh, with this note, I want to round this podcast off. I hope everybody enjoyed this and took a lot of notes because there was a lot of valuable information. So on this note, then uh, take care and goodbye. Thank you so much. Thank you.